0: The federal government has not been able to reach a deal with the Public Servants Alliance of Canada, and as a result, a strike began at midnight today.
1: Filings with the United States' Federal Election Commission show that CBC CEO Catherine Tate donated to the presidential campaign of Democratic Party candidate Hillary Clinton in 2016.
0: If re-elected in May's provincial election, Alberta's United Conservative Party government could introduce a law to force drug addicts into treatment. Hello Canada! It's Wednesday, April 19th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel.
1: And I'm Cosmin Georgia.
0: We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. 35,000 workers at the Canada Revenue Agency and 120,000 employees in a variety of government departments, including tradespeople, teachers, firefighters, employment insurance, and immigration workers, are officially on strike. The public servants' Alliance of Canada strike began at midnight after failing to reach a deal with the federal government. National Peace Act President Chris Aylward said the bargaining teams would remain at the table throughout the strike. Aylward told reporters on Monday that workers are prepared to strike for, quote, however long it takes. The Union of Taxation Employees requested a 14-month backdated pay raise of 4.5%, a two-month backdated pay raise of 8%, a future pay raise also of 8%, and a one-time pay increase of 9%, adding up to nearly 30% in raises. Cosman, we've been talking about this story for a couple weeks on the show now and the possibility of it heading to a strike, and here we are, things have gotten really as bad as they can get. This is not good for the federal government. This is also not good for Canadians. As I mentioned, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks. I've been curious. So yesterday I reached out to an accountant I know and trust to get their take on this story. And I actually hadn't even thought of this angle, but they said it's very frustrating for them. They're actually not sure if they're going to be able to process people's returns. He says it is done online, but there is people needed to manage and maintain the systems and he also expressed frustration at the amount in raises that the CRA is requesting he said anyone who has tried to call the CRA knows the service is terrible and very slow so he does not think that they warrant the raises that they are requesting so very frustrating for accountants I hadn't initially thought of that angle but certainly they spend these past couple months ramping up trying to get everyone's taxes and collecting all the receipts all the questions they have to ask their clients and they're pulling a lot of overtime. And usually the benefit is then it's a slower summer season for them, sort of like for teachers, but that is a benefit they could possibly be losing out on. So that's just one industry that is being greatly impacted by the strike. Of course, the question is whether the government will put forward back to work legislation and if they will have enough support in the house to pass it. We know NDP leader Jagmeet Singh said he would not support back-to-work legislation. No surprises there, as the NDP have close ties with the union leaders and they can't afford to turn their back on all that support. But the other question then is whether Conservative leader Pierre Polyev would support such legislation, what do you think the Conservative leader answer to that would be?
1: I think Polyev would be put in a very difficult situation because here you have this mass... Of Public sector workers who are not doing their jobs. They're not helping the country work So it's it's a question of whether Poliev will stick to his political messaging, you know, his his Opposition to recent initiatives by the Trudeau government. So I, I, I think it, it's not clear yet I think on one hand Uh, It would have to be a reversal of of his prior positions to support the government in this but on the other hand there's a case to be made that we need to get the public service back to work uh, getting them to run this country again.
0: I agree that it would put Polyev in a very difficult position. In a way I would almost be surprised if he would support such legislation because it would be handing a bit of a win to the Trudeau government. And I could see the conservative leader wanting to make things more difficult for the government and for them actually having to figure things out for themselves. On the other end, we are already spending so much on our public sector. A study by the Fraser Institute shows that on average, government employees make nearly 10% more than private sector counterparts. And they enjoy lots of other advantages, like lots of time off. I know that if you remain in the public sector for a number of years, you sort of accrue more time off, you know, you can add more weeks, maybe not every year, I think it's every year's of service, you get to add an additional week. So they have a host of benefits, you know, as well as just simply good social benefits for going to the dentist and other services like that. So it would be very difficult for the conservative leader to also stand by and watch and allow them to maybe already have this massive increase that they're asking for.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think Canadians are going to get tired of this pretty quickly, uh, we see with the public sector, I mean, before, you know, during the pandemic, they they got all this uh, working from home uh, uh, push going through, and now they're sticking to it. A lot of these people haven't even returned to the workplace. Meanwhile, so many Canadians are, are, are struggling and, and back in the office. So when they're making these demands, uh, some of which are, you know, way over the top compared to the private sector uh, workers' reality, Uh, I think uh, the public is also going to tire this pretty quickly, and and, and that needs to be taken into account as well.
0: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to Economist.com and get your first month free.
1: As Prime Minister Justin Trudeau takes aim at, quote, American billionaire, unquote, Elon Musk for labeling the CBC as a government-funded media on Twitter, filings with the United States' Federal Election Commission show that CBC CEO Catherine Tate donated to the presidential campaign of Democratic Party candidate Hillary Clinton in 2016. Tate's contribution record lists Brooklyn, New York as her residence and the production company she founded in 2002, Duopoly Inc., as her employer, raising questions about the CBC CEO's relationship to the United States. Tate was first appointed as president and CEO of the public broadcaster in 2018 nearly two years after she made the $150 donation. At the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, Tate's own status as a Canadian citizen was also brought into question after the online outlet CanadaLand published an article revealing how the CBC CEO owned a $5.4 million residence in Brooklyn, New York with her husband. It was also revealed how Tate regularly traveled to the United States despite pandemic-related travel restrictions being in place at the time. According to the CBC, Tate was required to take a second residence in Canada in order to comply with the broadcaster's requirements. So on one hand here, you have Trudeau going on his rant about, you know, American influence and how Pierre Polyev is running to his American billionaire pals, so to speak, uh, by asking Elon Musk to put a, a, quite frankly, factual label onto the CBC. But when you actually look at who controls or who has executive control over the uh, CBC, Catherine Tate, that is president and CEO, uh, it, it, the, the, the answer, it's not so clear. It's kind of muddy. We see that Tate is quite possibly an American citizen. I mean... American law prohibits foreign nationals from contributing to political parties or, or, or political movements. So do you, what do you think about this, Rachel?
0: This story just contains bombshell after bombshell, all of it making the CBC look pretty bad, and the prime minister look rather hypocritical. First of all, as you mentioned, Catherine Tate made these donations to Hillary Clinton's campaign, making it rather likely that she at least has dual citizenship. But it also shows, you know, a clear bias on her part towards the Democratic Party. The Prime Minister has said for so long that CBC is independent. CBC likes to portray itself as an outlet that is independent, that does not have biases one way or the other. Even though they cl- very clearly have a left wing bias, those of us who are paying attention have seen that for a long time. Maybe it's time that some of these immediate outlets are just a little bit more transparent about where their allegiances actually lie. And if you have a certain bent towards what you think the direction is best for the country that's fine just be open and honest about it stop collecting government money and stop telling us that you are independent so that first of all raises a bunch of questions and then i think the other thing that's very questionable is she is the ceo of the cbc and her main residence is obviously in the states so here she is collecting all this canadian taxpayer money and she's not even living in canada so for starters, I have a problem with the CBC being taxpayer funded. I don't wanna pay for it. I know a lot of people that don't wanna pay for it. I think they should find their own way to make their media model work that isn't siphoning off you know, the public coffers. But in addition to that, that money's not even going back into the Canadian economy. It's actually benefiting the American economy. And here in the story, this bombshell revelation, Tate was required to take a second residence in Canada in order to comply with a broadcaster's requirements. So that kind of tells us everything we know. It doesn't seem like Catherine Tate has a huge stake in Canadian politics. It doesn't seem like she's really that interested in even living here. So she should not be the CEO of the CBC, but more likely it just makes another argument for why the CBC shouldn't be receiving taxpayer funding.
1: So do you think the CBC has done a good job responding to this government-funded media label? I mean, we saw them pledging to leave Twitter. As of yesterday, I've checked their Twitter accounts. Um, A lot of them have not posted. So has their response done them any favors?
0: No, their response absolutely has not done them any favors. They're throwing a hissy fit. They're throwing a temper tantrum. The reality of what's happened here is they've caught themselves in a very difficult situation because, yes, they are collecting government funding. They are apparently less than 70% government funded. But we know the CBC collects $1.2 billion annually from taxpayers And they're very unhappy that that's being pointed out in such an obvious way. You know, it's better when people have to sort of dig through documents to uncover these revelations, but now it's so obvious for anybody who is using Twitter. And so they're very upset about this, but the reality of it is it's just simply pointing out a fact, and they don't know how to respond to that. So they've decided to do the absolutely most immature thing possible and just remove themselves from the conversation sort of how things tend to trend these days. Someone is unhappy with the direction of the conversation. They simply get offended and walk away, which is exactly what our public broadcaster is doing at this time. Alberta may introduce the first involuntary treatment law in Canada to specifically target addiction. According to documents obtained by the Globe and Mail through an Access to Information request, Alberta's United Conservative Party government could introduce a law to force drug addicts into treatment. That's only if they're re-elected in May's provincial election. The bill would be called the Compassionate Intervention Act and could be introduced in the legislature at some point this year. Colin Aitchison, spokesperson to Addictions and Mental Health Minister Nicholas Milliken, said the Premier tasked the office with bringing forward recommendations to improve interventions for Albertans with addiction, who may be a danger to themselves or others. He said the Compassionate Intervention Act was put forward as part of the effort to explore a variety of options. Aitchison told True North, quote, As of this time, no decisions have been made by the government of Alberta. Since forming government in 2019, the UCP has spent millions to develop a wide-ranging addiction recovery program unlike anything else being built in Canada. That includes six massive recovery communities currently being built by the province, the first of those opened in North Red Deer earlier this year. The government's addictions recovery efforts have been headed up by marshall smith a recovered vancouver drug addict who was hired by former premier jason kenney to head up the province's addictions and recovery ministry smith was promoted as the new premier's chief of staff in october this is a super interesting story and i think it just shows the seriousness which with the alberta government is taking the addictions crisis it is absolutely a crisis all across canada and certainly down the western seaboard of North America, we see it in cities like Portland, is absolutely destroying beautiful American cities. It's destroying Vancouver. And we know it's only a matter of time before it continues to spread across the country and destroy places that we all love and at one point have called home. It's interesting, though, that this bill is being discussed by the government. They've obviously stayed quiet about it. It was only revealed through an access to information request. Kind of makes you think that someone maybe leaked that this bill was being worked on because that would have been a very specific access to information requests that the globe had filed to get this you know pretty bombshell report it's actually very interesting there's a lot of conversation about it online right now the thing is i suspect that for the government to even consider moving forward with such a proposal they would need a very strong majority government following may's provincial election just because it is so controversial do you think this bill is a good idea Cosman? what's your take on this story
1: i mean you only have to look at british columbia to see the that the safe supply approach that has been pursued by progressive governments. I mean, we have a NDP government here has not worked. So the question is, at what point do you change course? And I think we've reached that point, you know, how many people have to die? How many people have to, you know, lose loved ones to do something about this? And, you know, recovery, as much as people don't like it, will require a a drastic measures uh for to get these people back on track and you know like i said like how long will it take before governments do something i think we've reached that point
0: the other sort of interesting funny but at the same time quite sad idea about this piece of legislation is you know there's going to be a group of people a lot of left-wing ideologues who will rail and say this is so inhumane you should never force someone to go into treatment against their will and yet their idea of a compassionate standard of living is allowing drug addicts to live on the streets and eat out of garbage cans as their bodies slowly decay from the lack of nutrition and the narcotics that they're using. To them, that's the idea of a compassionate standard that's the best that we can offer addicts who live on the streets. So even while this piece of legislation is quite controversial, and I'm curious to talk to more people and hear you know, their thoughts on it, where the ethics behind this, is this something that the government can legally do? I'm assuming it is something they can legally do if they've gotten this far forward in the process of considering it it seems like it could be a good thing for society. It seems like it could be a good thing for society to say, we're not going to allow people to get to a point where they're barely alive and they're slowly killing themselves. That was actually the phrase that Marshall Smith, the recovered drug addict who now works as the premier's chief of staff used when he spoke to me in an interview at the end of last year. He said, it's actually extremely painful for your family because they're essentially watching you slowly kill yourself. And especially now with the fentanyl crisis that we're seeing on our streets people just don't have as much time to you know recover from an addiction as they used to because it's far more likely that they're going to take fentanyl and drop dead on the spot and we're even seeing that fentanyl drip into people who are not drug addicts and who might just be experimenting so this is a very interesting piece of legislation I'm interested to see how the conversation will move forward on it I think that it's probably something we'll only see as I mentioned if the government does win a strong majority on May 29th That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.